it up blood whores you're listening to the scare daniel podcast where you send us your most sinister movie dares and we suffer the terrifying consequences for your sick twisted amusement i'm corky mcdonald and i'm late for a equinox vampire academy shopping trip <laughs> shopping with, expedition shopping can expedition we can we get it right and with me as always is film critic and shopping expedition fan yes, daniel barnes i believe i'm an expert on shopping expeditions hi everyone as quirky said on this show we do your dirty work you dirty rascals by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine you imaginative rascals and then we <laughs> review and rate them on our unique system Run-of-the-mill bad film, we give that a dare. Double dare, that goes to the truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for a despised movie that is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we are reviewing Mark Waters' 2014 horror comedy... No, no, those words, no. Vampire Academy, starring (laughs) Zoe Deutsch and Lucy Fry. But before we get started, Daniel is going to tell us about the beer we'll be drinking during the show. Surprise, surprise, we have another beer by Revision Brewing What's out of up, Sparks, Revision? Nevada. I actually visited Revision Brewing. We went to Reno. I mean, this will be like months ago when this comes out, but a couple weeks ago in our time, okay. in our day, in our timeline, went to Revision Brewing in Sparks. Fantastic beer. So freaking good. That was like the culmination of a, a years-long dream to uh, finally mm, go get nice. to see Revision. The beer we're reviewing today is Playification. It is a hazy IPA, of course. A little lighter this time, 6% alcohol. Uh, IBU's 42. It's a 100% mosaic hop beer. And as usual, it's Revision. It's fantastic. It's super drinkable. It's flavorful. It's wonderful. Corky, thoughts? Mm, subdued for uh, revision hazies and mosaics especially this is really fucking good super super drinkable put that on your cans really fucking good says quirky playification by revision fantastic work guys so now we are going to read a few of our listener dares. You have been sending these to us through daredaniel.com. You can go there and hit the submitted dare button. We'll read it on the show. We might review your dare in a future episode. Wouldn't that be thrilling for you? Probably the highlight of your life. I'd say. I don't know you. Probably going to be the highlight of your life. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you can go there. You can click the uh, Submit or Dare button. You can send us your dare. We might read it on the show. Uh, first dare today, it comes from frequent darer, Mike Dub. What up, Mike boy, Dub? Mike Dub. He's out there. He's daring things. Mike Dub dared us to watch such films as God's Not Dead. Yeah. Spontaneous applause. That was a good one. And Renaissance Man. That's I mean, sp- that's a. I mean, that's a classic. That's one of my favorite episodes. A classic episode. What do you got for us, Mike Dub? Mike Dub has a film called In Search of Liberty. Have you ever heard of this movie, In Search of Liberty? No. Never heard of it. No. It's from 2017. It's directed by Norm Nowitzki. Okay. According to IMDb, quote, Norm is known for his staunch support of the U.S. Constitution, as all of our great <laughs> filmmakers are. I mean, that's what it says on Howard Ox's bio, too, man. Come on. It stars Jimmy Hagar, Bobby Dean, and Karen Bowles. Okay. 
IMDb synopsis says, quote, a captivating statesman from America's past, this is poorly written, takes a modern family on a series of wild adventures, opening their eyes to the origins and importance of the U.S. Constitution. That's the Norm Nowitzki touch. Mike Dub, why did you want us to watch this movie? He says, guys, now that the 2020 presidential election is ramping up, oh, thank God, right? Yeah, oh, really. Whoosh, those months where we weren't talking about an election, were, <laughs> they were dicey. Don't you think it's a good time to take a look back and examine the original intent of our founding fathers when they wrote the Constitution of the United States of America? I know when you research and discuss movies, you usually read a synopsis from some lame stream, far left, fake news rag like IMDb. Nailed it. So in the hope that you'll actually allow a fair and balanced perspective, probably not, I'm going to include a synopsis from a more reliable source, this movie's website. It says, quote, the best movie on our Constitution ever made. Gain a better understanding about free speech. Become more informed regarding your right to religious freedom. Learn the main reasons why gun grabbers want to repeal the Second Amendment. Discover for yourself why this movie is an antidote to liberalism, end quote. Dub continues, I dare you latte-drinking, asparagus-eating, college-educated, West Coast liberal elites. <laughs> He's got us pegged to watch this movie. What well, do you think? What I'll, do you think? You're willing to I don't think that's really fair, because all he had to do was read my bumper stickers on my car, because it says latte-drinker, asparagus-eater, college-educated, West Coast liberal elite. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like Constitution's not dead. Uh, yeah, that, oh my God, a that's a like good that. synopsis. So I don't know if we're willing to go back to that uh, hellhole, but uh, thank you very much, Mike Dub, for your dare. And as always, thank you for your support. Thank you, Mike Dub. Our second dare comes to us from Nick Palatichuk, who's a host of the St. Paul Filmcast, a really wonderful Minnesota-based we assume podcast. Right, it could just be a fan of the Saint. I, of look, the I love Saint Paul. What are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, hey Nick, what's up? His movie dare is fear.com, which is a good scare Daniel uh, dare. However, we already have our scare Daniel menu. We do, planned. but this goes on the books as a candidate for 2020. Right, the elections ramping up <laughs> already. Election season. Oh my god. <laughs> The IMDb synopsis for Fear.com, a movie I've never heard of, is a New York City detective investigates mysterious deaths occurring 48 hours after users log on to a site named Fear.com. Why is Nick daring us this movie? As bad movies go, it hits on all the notes. Bad writing, acting, and set. It's supposed to be New York City while filmed in Europe. Hmm, sounds like a movie we watched tonight. (laughs) And classic bad film acting make it funny when it's supposed to be scary. In my opinion, it is a top 10 worst movie I've ever seen. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, low praise. Uh, It's a 2002 movie directed by William Malone. Stars Stephen Dorff, Natasha McElone, Stephen Rea, and Udo Kier. Oh, my boy Udo Kier. Lending that Udo Kier touch. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like a real uh, New York City cast, too. An Irish man, (laughs) an Irish woman, and Udo Kier, wherever he's from. (laughs) Germany, maybe? Germany, maybe, somewhere. Possibly Venus. Something ending in Onya. (laughs) That sounds good, Dan. Have you ever seen Fear.com? I have not. I have not seen Fear.com. I hope I never have to watch it, but if I do, it's going to be through this show. I will tell you that much. That's my promise. I will never watch this movie unless we're reviewing it for the show. Absolutely. That's and the Barnes Jared pledge. I will say that like, uh, if somebody says this is in the top whatever of worst movies ever made, Gives and you a it's a pause. horror movie. Gives you some pause. I we mean, usually yeah. have a lot of fun with those. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Thank you, Nick. Nick. 
So our final dare. We got a one more dare. One more dare to read. It's a bonus dare. Hey! Comes to us from Jaina Sinclair. Do you know Jaina Sinclair? I don't know the name. I don't know Jaina Sinclair. Jaina, thank you very much for Although, sending your dare in. Jaina, if I do know you, if we're Facebook friends or something like that, <laughs> I you are my best possible friend. I've friend. known you for years. <laughs> you are wonderful, and I mean I'm that I'm just sincerely. screwing with you. <laughs> Jaina Sinclair. She has a movie that I believe you have heard of. Okay. It is called Hook. Oh, yeah, yeah, It yeah. was released uh, Christmas 1991, directed by an up-and-comer. His name's Steven Spielberg. I still haven't heard of him. Uh, a couple of up-and-coming stars, Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Julie Roberts, Bob Hoskins, Maggie Smith. Of course, it's a telling of Peter Pan as an adult. The movie did make money, but it was still a financial disappointment. Only a 26 on Rotten Tomatoes, although it has an audience score of 76, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Why, Jane and Sinclair, do you want us to watch hook she says i loved this movie as a kid and just found out that those no good highfalutin ivory tower movie critics my ears are burning latte drinking asparagus (laughs) eating (laughs) that they panned this film no pun intended peter pan jane sinclair wordplay I haven't watched the movie as an adult, so I want the two of you to settle this once and for all. IMDb synopsis, when Captain Hook kidnaps his children, an adult Peter Pan must return to Neverland and reclaim his youthful spirit in order to challenge his old enemy. Corky, you've seen Hook, I'm sure you have. A million times. We were 15 years old when it came out. You've seen it a million times. A million times. Not not exaggerating? 1.1. So a million million change. times. Wow. Right. Thoughts on the film? Uh, no, I think this is a fantastic dare. I think this would be a fantastic movie for the films on Trial Boys to take because they, they, it would be properly adjudicated. You have two arguing sure. for, two arguing against. Yeah. Because I agree. I don't know quite where to put this movie. Do I like it because I was a kid? It's Spielberg. It's Williams. You know, when I was yeah. a big fan of both. Um, but then again, it never really quite delivered on what I wanted it mm-hmm. to be. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I. As a 15-year-old, as you probably know, was a pretentious film nerd already. Yeah. As a 15-year-old. <laughs> as a 15-year-old. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. You've grown out. That. Yeah, right. Uh, and I did not like this movie. Saw it in theaters. Mm. Didn't like it. But I also know that, I mean, I was 15, so I was maybe just like a little too, like a year or two too old for it, maybe. Sure. And I know that I've talked to more of a millennial generation who have like watched this movie over and over again on cable, as you did, and they like love it, really? love it. And I'm assuming Janus and Claire probably falls in that in that group of maybe slightly younger than us. And so it is a good dare because yeah, it was not super successful. It was pan. It's a great filmmaker, you know. Yeah. And we've been dared Ready Player One as well by Spielberg. Maybe we need a Spielberg double feature. Ooh, I like right? that. Right. Thank you, Jana Sinclair, for your dare. Thank and you, Jana. Uh, you are my best possible Facebook friend. If, Absolutely. If I know you. <laughs> so now that you've got your trailers, here is time for the feature presentation. Mm-hmm. Vampire Academy, our Ooh. second Scare Daniel movie. Scare Daniel. Mwah. Play on words. This dare was dared to us by Matt. Hey, Matt. Matt's dare for Vampire Academy goes like this. Hi there. I like your podcast a lot. And I particularly enjoyed the episodes devoted to Ultraviolet and Transylvania. Great episode. As did I. Which I did both see a while ago and unfortunately remember vividly. Having seen lots of vampire films, though, I can tell you have not even begun to reach the bottom of the barrel. The amount of bad vampire films is endless. But there is one for which I have very high hopes. And that is Vampire Academy. To be clear, this is not anywhere near the worst film ever. 
I rated it much higher than Transylvania and Ultraviolet, and even much higher than Once Bitten. <laughs> yeah, now I remember why I picked this there. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you're my boy. I don't care. I'm adding Matt to well, some of my top mats. Matt, I forgive you. You're in the pantheon of mats. Don't know what you're saying. <laughs> he knows what he's saying. He's Matt. He continues, but Vampire Academy is just such a baffling mess, poorly written and poorly acted, that I am sure listeners would greatly enjoy listening to you guys try to make sense of the many, many subplots. We'll see about that. You are too many's too short <laughs> you, on subplots. So many more many's needed there. IMDB synopsis, which I don't know if it stands for I'm Matt database synopsis, says Rose Hathaway is a dampier, half human, half vampire, a guardian of the Moroi, peaceful mortal vampires living discreetly within our world. That's all one fucking sentence. Mm-hmm. Her calling is to protect the Moroi from bloodthirsty immortal vampires, the Strigoi. So everybody got that? Yeah, right. Yeah, I got that. It's all good. Those are all <laughs> cool. words that make sense. Those to are you? just words. Those are words. So, yes, the film today, it is Vampire Academy. It was directed by Mark. Mark Waters, he had some early successes. The House of Yes was a movie with Parker Posey that sure. was kind of a successful independent film. Mean Girls, hello, Mean Girls, they made right. a Broadway goddamn show out of that. Uh, but he was on a dismal run when this movie got made in 2014. Uh, the movie is after Mean Girls, Just Like Heaven, The Spiderwick Chronicles, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Screenplay of Vampire Academy is by Daniel Waters, Mark's brother's. Mark's brother. He also had a hot start to his screenwriting career in the early 90s. He did Heathers, he did Batman Returns, but by 2014, he had only two scripts produced in the last 21 years, and they are called Happy Campers <laughs> and Sex and Death 101, which I can only assume are movies. <laughs> or my bumper stickers. I don't know. Yes. More of my sex. bumper stickers. <laughs> <laughs> As grass or sex and death 101, baby. You know, that makes me a happy camper. Classic. My point, Corgi, the Waters brothers needed a hit. It's 2014. They're both on a super low ebb. So they teamed up and they turned to Vampire Academy, the popular series of young adult novels by Rochelle Mead. Again, I have to just assume this is all real. I read it on Wikipedia. I know. I assume it's real. I don't know. This isn't my world. Remember Ultraviolet started with a six minute (laughs) credit sequence of fake comic books. Of fake Ultraviolets. Absolutely. Which any of those would have been better than the movie we ended up watching. I fully believed as <laughs> I was like, watching it. Ultraviolet. I've I way remember this. seeing that yeah, title. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, the uh, uh, crossover with She-Hulk, that was classic. <laughs> <laughs> Vampire Academy. It stars Zoe Deutsch and Lucy Fry. Lucy Fry, do you remember where we last saw Lucy Fry, Quirky McDonald? I do not, no. A little film called Bright. She played... Tika. Oh, that was her. The super annoying fairy, magic fairy, and now she is a magic vampire Holy in Vampire shit. Academy. The film also features Gabriel Byrne, Danila Kozlovsky, Olga Kurlenko, Sarah Hyland, Claire Foy, and Corky's girl, the Jolie Richardson. President of the Jolie Richardson fan club, everybody. <laughs> he is the president. He's the founding member. He's the only member. <laughs> Jolie, run. The film was released on <laughs> <laughs> You've been warned. Joey, get that, like, change your name. Released on February 7th, 2014. 
in 2,676 theater. That was shocking. That's insane. I literally don't remember this film ever coming out, ever having a preview, ever doing anything. I was a working film critic at the time. Anyway, what the fuck? Did not screen for critics. I will say that. Peter Travers of Rolling Stone, however, did review the film. He said, quote, Vampire Academy doesn't need a review. It needs a stake in the heart because he is the literal fucking worst. <laughs> Retire, you piece of shit. Most of the reviews on Rotten Tomato and Metacritic are just like this. Toothless needs fresh blood. Usual hack bullshit. Whatever the case. Well, not there goes, popular. There five note pages of my notes on this <laughs> movie. That right? They were all vampire puns. <laughs> I didn't invite this movie in. Yes. <laughs> I let the wrong one in. <laughs> Classic. Not popular with critics. That's that's the uh, headline here. Yeah. 16 on Rotten Tomatoes, 31 on Metacritics. Subheadline, also not popular with everyone else in the world. It finished its opening weekend in seventh place, right behind the second week of that awkward moment, which is apparently also a movie that exists. One of the most amazing things doing research for this <laughs> show. Like, what the fuck is this? That awkward? What the fuck is that? It's a movie. Whatever. Vampire Academy grossed $7.8 million in North America against a $30 million Daniel, budget. after the, watching this movie. <laughs> the movie is not on the is screen. Is $30 million the same th- as I think it is? Because does this $30 no. million dollars mean something different? This is, no, yeah, this is uh, Drachmas. How did that movie this is cost $30 million? <laughs> in beads. It was all in beads, though. Yeah. $30 million. The movie. The money is not on the screen. No. The money is up someone's nose or someone's ass. <laughs> That's what I know, buddy. Listen, I'm an expert on Hollywood. Sequel plans, not surprisingly, put on hold after the box office performance. However, mm-hmm. twist on August 6, 2014, it's like six months after it came out, it was announced that a sequel would happen, <laughs> but only if the fans kicked in enough financial support. A fundraising campaign was started on Indiegogo.com with the goal of reaching $1.5 million within a month. At the end of the month, they had raised... $254,000. And the sequel was canceled. That's still like so much fucking money. Gorgie, having watched the film, if I can Doc Brown your Marty McFly ass, mm-hmm. send you back in time. Sure. You're back in time now. Okay. It's August 2014. How much would you be willing to donate to get that sequel made? Do you kick in the full one and a quarter mil? Or do you just give a little bit and hope that you will inspire others to join your cause? Daniel, <laughs> the studio, this, the world needs more Lucy Fry. <laughs> Amen. As a magic, whatever. I'm washing all kind of cars. <laughs> I'm break dancing in front of community rec centers while developers are trying to bulldoze it. We're raising that 1.5. We're doing this. We're doing this. You save, haven't given up, have you? To save Vampire Academy You're still too. trying to make it happen, Vampire Academy too. You know there's six novels. No, I well of, you of make course full, I know that. <laughs> you, you're like, of course. I need the full half does, babe. I am president of the Jolie Richardson fan club. I am <laughs> vice chairman of the Lucy Fry you're fan like, club. Yes. And nah. she's used so well in oh, this film. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no way she was a model turned actress. Corky. Yeah. This movie's terrible. This movie is awful. really bad. It, it's short. It's just like paced so fast and i was still utterly fucking bored to death it's insane yeah so i think like by now we've seen a lot of these 
it's so like I say, it's based on a series of young adult fantasy novels, and we've seen a ton of those get adapted, and hopefully they're all going to spawn sequels, and you may then make the whole series of books and whatever. And you know, a lot of the running time in those movies is devoted to explaining not this one the high concept that is going on. Right here's this whole school of wizards. We need to explain all of the hierarchies and all the different types of wizards and magical creatures. Here's a family of secret vampires. We need to explain the rules and the people who are trying to get them. Battle Royale reality shows in Hunger Games, Maze Runners. Whatever the fuck was happening Percy in Insurgent, Lightning Thieves—they're <laughs> Lightning Thieves for God's sakes. We understand that they're complicated worlds with their own mythologies that are set up through a series of books. So at a certain, we the movies are going to be two hours, right? Sure, they're going to need to hold our hands a little bit and say, "Here's what the this is, and here's what the that is, and here's what the other one is." Vampire Academy takes this to another fucking level. Is 104 minutes. Of breathless exposition. That's it. No one pauses explaining something for a moment. It not is, not a single moment. It is si- simultaneously the most explained yes. and least explained. Because <laughs> right. nobody ever actually has a conversation about anything. No. They just exposit back and forth to each other the different th- themes. And it, guess what? It's going to change by the next scene. No, well, everything absolutely. that was important in that last scene not is important. Gone. And now there's a new thing and that now we there's need a to new explain. Thing, the next yeah, scene. Or a new per Yeah. As you alluded earlier, nominally a horror comedy. No horror, no comedy, just explaining. Honestly, Robert Langdon should come in and explain explaining to these little fucking punks. Did you not notice it's the Langdon Academy for vampires? (laughs) For vampsplainers? But of course the problem is that in the brief little moments where they're not, there's no, there's nothing to entice us nah. to want to hear more nah. or to learn more about this world. Like you go to Harry Potter and it's like, they don't just dump here's what everything is on you. Right. You get involved in the story of this little kid and he learns it as you learn it. And mm. it's kind of interesting, exciting. And it sort of slowly draws you into the world. Like a good, not that I even give a shit about Harry Potter movies for yeah. fucking fuck's sake, but, but like a good storyteller would do. Exactly. This movie is one long elephant plot dump yeah they there's like steam coming off of this let's get into it because we start into it with a voiceover saying so we're on the run we've escaped two years ago the gibberish starts right away absolutely and even like before we hear anything because like it starts as like we see the credits vampire academy blood-soaked things There's this kind of ominous... Six production titles. Yeah. The music is very ominous. And then all of a sudden, it's like, whammo, it's just some generic pop song. (laughs) And you're like, why did that happen? And then, boom, now you're in the car with this family listening to this pop song, and they're arguing about this pop song. MIA, I guess. Is that who it was? That's the, okay. yeah. yeah, I had no idea. It was such a jarring trend. I mean, this movie's full of Instead it. of uh, wanting to listen to it, the father steers the car into oncoming traffic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, like they're arguing about the merits of pop music, yeah. and then a drunk driver like whams right into them, and then brain scan! Whammo. They just... They wake up, right? It, it's it a brain scan opening. It was a fake nightmare. But the girl that opens up is Rose, who sure. is a brunette. She wakes up. She has some glowing eyes, right? But she wasn't the one dreaming it. No! It was her friend, Lisa, whose name is not really Lisa. We are 45 <laughs> seconds like, in this movie. Lisa is the blonde. She's in the other room. She was having the dream. Yeah. But the dream was about 
Something that actually happened. What? <laughs> God, fuck. We get all that. And then the next line is, it's two years since we ran away and I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. These two girls are on the run. The quote that begin- starts the movie is weird. Doesn't begin to describe it. Oh, their boy. relationship. It's weird. It's weird. So this starts this elephant size exposition dump that is occasionally interrupted with some fighting and chasing, but th- there's also like, narrative narration exposition happening while that's happening yeah. as well so essentially they ran away from vampire school two years ago and they're still being hunted that's all we know at this point rose again who's the brunette this is uh, zoe deutsch and the blonde is lisa who is lucy fry from bright uh, she offers herself to lisa so lisa's obviously a vampire she um, sucks her blood but then they get found and they run off so rose who is basically Ladyblade. She's constantly, she's in leather. Yeah. She hates vampires. No, she doesn't hate vampires. No, she wants to kill vampires, but she's got a complicated relationship. No, she's half or part vampire. No. Yeah. She's part Maroi. Don't know. Yes. She's part Maroi. She protects the Maroi from the Strigoi. Right, so she's a half human. She's oh, a guardian. Fuck this She's called a fucking... dampier. Yeah, she's a dampier. She's a guardian. She's half human, half vampire. It's all on my bumper But she's not really day. a vampire, though. Yes, she is. She's part. But... <laughs> She doesn't drink blood. She no. doesn't. Yeah. So she is like, oh my God. So let's just explain it. The Dampier. Oh my God. Who cares? Right. The Dampier. <laughs> she is a guardian. She's a Dampier. Her friend she is a no. She exhibits no characteristics she, she no of a vampire. She doesn't d- desire blood. She doesn't want to live after dark. She's a normal human in every respect. But she's bonded to a vampire who's a Maroi. Right. Which is the good vampire. not all of them are bonded. God. No. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, she's Lady Blade. That's all you need to know. She's all in leather. She comes up with some kind of makeshift explosive. It explodes. She jumps in. She karate kicks everybody. She's karate kicking all the time. Uh, yeah, very poorly edited and choreographed karate kicking. Oh, terrible. Um, some Russian schmuck. His name is Dimitri. The actor's name is Danila Kozlovsky. Holy fuck, did this guy Travis Fimmel the fuck out of this movie? This is the most boring man alive. I knew he was being honest when he was whispering. (laughs) That's how you know he was acting. This guy is just death. He is nothing. It was hard to tell the men in this movie apart. The women, they at least make one a blonde and one a brunette. The men are like absolutely, and there's so many of them. There's so many pointless characters. No, that is the whole personality divided in this movie, blondes and brunettes. Exactly, right. You're either one of those. So anyway, this guy comes in and he takes down Rose. Rose kind of knocks out the first few people. She karate karate chops them and shit. She blades them. Um, But this guy takes her down really easily. So he's starting, he's going to drive her back to school. As it turns out, this guy... It's, I, we kind of learn this eventually as we do everything in this movie. He's like her teacher. Sure. Her yeah. tutor or yeah. whatever. Her her blade tutor. Um, so as a, on this car ride, this is where the exposition just like it blasts you just right in the mm, all of your regions here, man. Oh. So we find out the Maroi. There are mortal. I know. I'm doing this for emphasis, Johnny. The Maroi are mortal. <laughs> daylight vampires yes they're straight up vampires they got the fangs they want blood the whole thing but they're daylight vampires they're not killed by the daylight they're not like murdering everybody they're they can do magic yeah they have a a special ability (laughs) they have a special ability to do various types of magic and the magic is water magic 
air magic. Oh, oh fuck. The air magic, which later on just involves someone blowing on someone's face. <laughs> <laughs> but the Baroi are mortal daylight vampires. The Dampir are their protectors. They're the guardians. They guard the Maroi yeah. from the Strigoi. Mm-hmm. The Strigoi are your straight up vampires. The Strigoi just want to fuck shit up. We don't know much about the Strigoi at this point, but basically the vampires you think of, Bromsorgus Dracula, that's the fucking Strigoi. Those guys just want to fuck you up. Should mention the dialogue in this movie is complete trash. There's a lot of one-liners. There's a lot of bits. They're all fucking awful the aesthetics rose. on this movie are trash rose she's a wise cracking little tough girl oh, is she a misfit is but, she a wise acre misfit oh my every one liner and doesn't land it any doesn't land at all i want to give some credit to zoe deutsch who is a very appealing actress and does what she can with the most garbage material that i've ever seen lucy fry is absolutely awful as I'm she gonna, was in bright i'm gonna actually go the other way daniel and say really zoe deutsch is eye candy and nothing else uh lucy fry is at least giving you something <sighs> what it, she's giving you is trash when they go back to the school <laughs> i wrote this down zoe deutsch has a voiceover where it's delivered like this wow this place brings back memories <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Hey, again, Zoe Deutsch didn't write the fucking script for this movie. Thank you, Daniel Waters, screenwriter of Heather's, Zoe Deutsch, for contributing that line. Zoe Deutsch didn't also uh, didn't write the script, but she also delivered it as if she had never read anything in her life. Wow. This place brings back memories. It's like a graduation yeah. speech. As usual, hey, guys, class of 2019, <laughs> we're going to go all the way. As usual, the narration... It bears the marks of recut this, cut it by a half hour, and yeah. explain this through narration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, again, it's, oh boy, is it bad. So, yes, uh, they get back to the school. The school is St. Vladimir's. It is a school for vampires and vampire killers. Why not? Sure. I don't know. Put them together. Why not? Yeah, just put them together. Same school. Cool. Good idea. Um, the van kind of pulls up to the school, and people just attack it. Who I guess are the Strigoi? <laughs> I don't know. Shit just happens in this movie, and it's not really understood. So, this is more, the, the exposition just keeps dumping and dumping and it's dumping. the whole movie. We finally get to the headmistress, who is played by Olga Kurilenko. She's drinking this, like, sippy cup full of blood. <laughs> it's a Capri Sun type of... <laughs> A uh, slumming actor named Gabriel Byrne. Uh, kind What's of the rumpus, Gabriel? Limson. You know what? Like, say what you want about Zoe Deutsch and, and about Lucy Fry, obviously. But honestly, the more the more of a name an actor is in this movie, the worse their performance. Sure. Yeah. Gabriel except- Byrne, as the most famous actor in this movie, yeah. gives the worst performance. Yeah, he's pretty bad. He's awful. Olga Koryalenko is awful claire foy is terrible anyone whose name you recognize Joy richardson was pretty fucking good i gotta say she was terrible <laughs> as president of the jo- no she queen fucking vampire fucking yeah. so anyway gabriel byrne limps in he's i don't know what the fuck is he he's, he's a, a teacher he's just like an old professor yeah he's an old russian dude he's an old russian dude he's the only nice guy in the entire movie so obviously don't suspect him <laughs> everyone else is a shifty-eyed weirdo uh but this guy's really nice and sweet so he's, he's a good guy no he's motive. a good guy yeah everyone else is just a pointless shifty-eyed weirdo is uh, the the real villain uh lisa we find out this is the blonde she's some sort of a vampire princess mm-hmm uh, Rose, as we hear over and over again, is a rogue misfit. <laughs> Quick with the one-liner. Um, 
Rose kind of s- sees things from Lisa's point of view. She she can like yeah, enter Lisa's like head, a telepathy, but she can't control it. She just sometimes enters. You know what's happening when she says, "Not this again." And her eyes kind of glow a little bit, and she goes, "Oh yeah," she makes some kind of wisecrack. Um. I don't, I don't know. I know we're we're seeing all the things that go on at Vampire Academy. Academy, you find out there's an obligatory feeder program where people who are obsessed with vampires go in and and allow themselves yeah, to be fed on. Yeah, that's the cafeteria. On. The volunteers come in and they they get their memories wiped. And it's filmed at whatever hotel lobby that this, <laughs> they found to shoot that day. So we find out Lisa can like hypnotize people and she can also heal people, which yeah. I guess are like pretty special uh, things for. A, Maroy to do. She also has an ex-boyfriend, but he's got a new girl, Lady Draco Malfoy, who is like, I mean, this movie rips on Harry Potter so fucking hard. They even make her up to look. She give, they give her a short blonde they haircut. They give her a short blonde haircut. And then make her like really fucking mean to everybody. She reminded me of, uh, what's her name from Sleepaway Camp? Judy, because she is dialed oh, right? up to 10 like, at all moments. And it is like pure malice, yeah, too. Blood it whore, is just blood evil. Blood sucking whore. Blood whore. It's the funny thing about this movie is that like the aesthetics it feels like a Disney Channel movie. It feels like a made for it's like a Wizards of Waverly Place kind of thing. Yes. But the term blood horror or sex slave is yeah. thrown around. Pro- I've never seen Wizards of Waverly Place. I'm assume they don't say blood horror a lot. There's a sex slave every episode. There's a sex slave every episode. Wow. I need to watch this show. So anyway, Lady Malfoy is just, just dishing it, dishing it. Meanwhile, Rose and the Dampiers, they train on some American vampire warrior obstacle course thing. (laughs) It's like, that's their whole class. Next on American vampire warrior. (laughs) That's the whole class is like, flip this guy over your shoulder. That's hilarious. So like on American Ninja Warrior, they always have like a story with every contestant. Like this vampire lost his scent of blood at age five. <laughs> and of course, there's a redhead boy who oh, likes yeah, her. He's basically uh, Weasley, Ron Weasley, uh, crossed with Jacob from Twilight. Fuck! They ripped off everything. Oh, fucking a! Yeah, they just threw this shit in a blender, man. I because I noticed the rip off of Twilight because they were in Oregon. I'm like, that's by Forks, Washington. Okay, that's <laughs> that's Twilight. But yeah, the redhead is fills a Ron Weasley because that kid's not redhead normally. He's on Shameless. Died <laughs> <laughs> a fucking redhead friend. But that's uh, how you also know. He's a platonic friend. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's redhead. He's got red hair. No redheads. <laughs> Never red- redhead. Male redheads. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, it's hard to tell the boys apart. There's Lisa's ex boyfriend. There's like some some other royal vampires who are kind of mean, and then there's just like some vampire bullies. Sure. Who are just doing shit too. It's high school. And then and then. There's Edward Cullen. I mean, Christian. Don't mean Edward Cullen. What is he? Just some kind of dreamy bad boy. He doesn't play by the rules and he's super moody and he looks, they cast an actor who looked as much like Robert Pattinson (laughs) as possible. No way. But yeah, he's Christian. He's Christian. He's a sensitive bad boy. That's all you need to know. Oh, fucking who cares? I have no idea where we're at, man. I don't either. Yeah. Basically, someone is narrating something at this point in the movie. Um, well, we meet Mrs. Ms. Carp for like a half of a second. That's okay. Claire Foy from Downton Abbey and a bunch oh, of okay. movies and stuff like that. And we see her for like two seconds. So they have a flashback to her being like weird. She's just like a weird teacher. They have some weird flashback. It doesn't matter. Rose and Dimitri have like private one-on-one 
fight lessons <laughs> where they just fucking fight. <laughs> it's just like, let's have a private room. I'm Dimitri. I'm your brooding Russian teacher. You know, can't, I'm kind of young for a teacher. Hey, I'm Rose. I'm kind of old for a teenager. Let's flirt. <laughs> let's fight flirt. <laughs> so they fight flirt. They do it. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, there, yeah, there's the scene in the cafeteria, the vampires come in to feed, but the Maroya, again, the Maroya are like, they're just, they're feeding, right? They're just feeding. There's just like, and the people are volunteers. So it's like, Hey, what's up? How you doing? So it's like, uh, Lisa says she actually like get, got to know like her oh, really? person she was feeding on at one point. She was like, yeah, she's just trying to get her life together or whatever. I did like the one part where they wrote about how she's, uh, she writes, uh, Twilight fanfic. Yes, I thought that was right. a subtle dig at 50 by, Shades. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Gabriel Byrne sits down and he has this is like one of the only memorable lights of this so few memorable lights. He describes someone as being, quote, a few corpuscles short of a full artery. Blood humor. <laughs> Vampires uh, quipping blood puns ooh, all the time. Classic clipping, quipping. He gives Rose a pep talk for some reason because he's just a nice guy. He's just a nice guy. He has no ulterior motives. Nice guy. Everyone else is the not nice guy. No twists coming here. So they go to church service. Yeah. It's like vampire church. What the fuck is this shit? They talk about God. They talk about God. But during the service, something happens and someone leaves a message that says leave or die, which again is just like the Harry Potter. Because Lissa's family has been murdered. That's why they were on the run. Her whole family was slaughtered. Or no, they died in the car accident. <laughs> no, what are you that talking about? happened at the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> they were on the run when they went into the car crash. That's so ridiculous. They make it ominous on their family's <laughs> thing, like leave or die. Like what happened to them is going to happen to you. So Jesus. Rose has another vision. She keeps jumping in. They, basically, Lisa finds a dead fox. She finds a dead fox. That's it. That's and, it. Yeah. She finds a dead fox. Shit just happens yeah, in this movie. Fi- no, file that dead fox away from later. <laughs> Rose is worried, so she goes to Dimitri, her teacher, who she has been fighting with and taking fight lessons. So she says, teach me how to fight. (laughs) He was already doing that. (laughs) He was doing that already. You don't need to tell him to do it. I just saw your fight lesson. (laughs) Do your fucking job. Christ. So we go into this other classroom, and this teacher, who is just the knob of all fucking knobs, he gets tricked by Lady Draco Malfoy into reading a note. It's basically Lady Draco Malfoy purposefully gets caught and he grabs the note and she's like, oh no, professor, please don't read my note. Don't read it in front of the entire class. So guess what he does? He reads in front of the entire class and it's a note that is just like, Lisa's a fucking... This whole class is people shouting, you're a whore, you're a bitch, (laughs) fuck you, eat shit. And then somebody sets someone on fire. Yes. Christian... (laughs) Christian gets angry. Christian, remember, he's a brooding, he's a brooding uh, misfit. He's a, little, he's a bit of a bad boy. Yeah. A bit, bit of a bad boy. He sets him on fire. He sets uh, this guy who's calling her a blood whore on fire. Uh, and this starts off a little bit of flirtation between Christian and Lisa. Um, now we go to your girl. Jolie. 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 Is that not how that goes? She's Queen Tatiana. She's queen of the vampires. There's a whole royalty with vampires. Did you not know that? They go over <laughs> for 10 seconds in the movie. It's super not important. So Queen Tatiana, she's just giving a speech for, I don't why? I don't know why. And she brings up Lisa and she's like, you know what? You're all fantastic. This is literally the content of her speech. She's like, this 
school is fantastic. You're all fantastic. Everyone's great. Can I get Lisa? <laughs> Can I get Lisa? Hey, Lisa. You're terrible. <laughs> and so she just calls out Lisa on stage and just like, be better at being yeah. a vampire princess. And just like, shits. Shits all like, way to uh, find a dead fox hanging in your doorway, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Well, your family's dead. I mean, what the hell? Like, yeah, way to have a dead family. <laughs> be better. <laughs> so as they're walking out, Sarah Highland, I think this is Sarah Highland who plays. Yeah. Sarah Highland from Modern Family, who plays some Natalie, n- Natalie the nerd Maroy. Yeah, Gabriel she Brown's has glasses daughter. and she's constantly tripping over herself. Right, and we all know that if a woman trips over herself, that is utterly unattractive. With to, glasses, she's now fully unattractive to all men. It's like, so yeah, she's a virgin. Too. Yeah, so apparently, <laughs> they're like they reveal. And I say reveal, but you never knew it was a secret that Natalie didn't know that about Lissa's secret power that she does all the time. She goes, oh yeah, I told her about it. And it's like, this movie thought that that was a secret to people. Like, I'm sure that's like a dozen chapters in the book, but they take no pains to hide it. We also find out, I, I don't know when we find this out. Eventually we find out, this movie's so poorly made. She's Gabriel Byrne's daughter. Yeah. That's really important for later. I had I this like forty five minutes later. I realized she was <laughs> like, "Why are they?" Oh, okay, I get it. Cool, 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 cool. But anyway, she uh, Natalie says, "Oh, that really must have hurt." She she got called out by the Queen Bee. Yeah, which is just a setup for Rose. And Rose says, "You mean Queen Bee?" Hatch. Oh shit! Rose don't give a fuck. <laughs> Rose is straight Rosen. Lissa takes this to say to Rose, it's your turn to cry. It's my turn to kick a little ass. Because they're going to do a character switch through a movie that has not set up their characters in the first place. Yeah, Rose has lost every fight she's been in. Let's try to switch up this formula, you guys. What do you say? What do you say? It's getting a little tired. Oh, my God. Yes. So there's another... There's another threat left on the wall. This one's poorly spelled, but it's written in blood. It says basically just says go away. There's all these Harry Potter fucking bullshit threats that are always left over. Um, (sighs) Lissa takes it to her turn to start doing the compulsion. She's like getting into the mean girl role. Exactly. She, so she starts brainwashing basically the entire school. She's brainwashing and hypnotizing everyone that she meets with her magic. So you've seen her do this several times throughout the movie already, and apparently it was a secret, but she does it all the time. Now we find out it has a cost, and they say it as if we fucking knew that all the time. You know this has a cost to both of us. Oh, oh do we? Do we? We, we never... find that out a half hour later. We've literally never seen that. We haven't both that seated yet. Uh, oh, man, yeah. There is like... The scene transitions yeah. are are horrifyingly bad. They're as jarring as Christian's hair dye scene <laughs> transitions. He goes from jet black <laughs> to medium brown, back to jet black. Yeah. This whole movie just seems like it was slashed and cut to ribbons. Eh, for good reason, I'm for sure. Good because reason. it's complete garbage. There's no fucking way to cut this thing. No one's doing a fan film of this one, like with fucking the Phantom, the prequels and shit, where they're like, let's cut it all in <laughs> one movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's no shape to any of the scenes either. Uh-huh. It's just absolutely terrible. It's the word. It's it's like Kevin Smith if he lost his sense of direction. At some point, they find out that Lisa's magic, her super magic, which can hypnotize and heal, yeah, is called spirit. Okay, yeah, <laughs> they find that out. <laughs> okay. 
cares? I don't know. Uh, Rose, remember she's flirting with her uh, teacher? Rose is like a teenager, by the way. This yeah. is a high school, basically. This is a high school. She's supposed to be 16, 17 years old, something like right. that. Right. Yeah. So she is fl- flirting with her teacher, who she calls, quote, she calls as a compliment, quote, a disturbingly sexual uncle. <laughs> what? Again, uh, just another one of my bumper stickers. <laughs> <laughs> that, I cannot wait for the sequel to Bad Grandpa, Disturbingly Sexual Uncle. Who's playing it? <laughs> Christopher Johnny Walken. Knoxville, of course. So anyway, Lady Draco, because remember, everyone's a suspect. She is seen talking with the shifty-eyed headmistress, oh, Olga Kurilenko. That. That's a thing. <laughs> it really isn't a thing, though. really is not a thing. But then there's another now fight between Rose and Dimitri, and he pins her down, and it gets a little, but it doesn't. So it gets interrupted. So there's that. But this goes into a nightmare. There's now a nightmare, which you don't find out as a nightmare for several minutes, where Christian all of a sudden leads vampires in an attack on the school. Oh, that's right, yeah. Rose just runs in and has nunchucks for some reason lisa turns to i guess a strigoi and then they both wake up at which point natalie pops into rose's ear and says the immortal words princess party in the royal rec room <laughs> because what <laughs> what <laughs> that like we're just going from this to that and then we go into this party and everyone has changed clothes Rose is wearing a completely like every like just like they threw that line the royal rec room line just a bridge to like cut out twenty minutes of the movie. We also skipped a scene that kind of touched back on the carp character again. I mean, you don't get it, but it's just a shot of a desk that's in the principal's <laughs> office. Rose just walks in, breaks into a thing, takes a video diary out, and then walks back out. I mean. That filmmaking 101. That's classic. Yeah, not a wasted moment. Nice tense. Basically, we find out that the Strigoi, remember those are the, the vampire vampires, are corrupted Maroi. Like if the Maroi kill someone and drain all their blood and, and just go go straight vampire and that shit, they turn into a Strigoi, which they're more of like I am legendy sort of vampires. Yeah. They're right. just like weird Blah, yeah. sort of vampires whereas the Maroi are just they live among us <laughs> Natalie uh, the horned up nerd girl she reminded me of the character from Can't Stop the Music the, the friend that kept hitting, <laughs> hitting on the village people yeah! <laughs> all her dialogues only like yeah yeah <laughs> she does talk about how she's kind of horny yeah yeah so they, <laughs> this is my favorite part. This is my, I was watching this with my wife. Suddenly they're getting chased by some evil, you just hear like, Woo! oh yeah, the sci hounds. They're getting chased by some kind of hounds or wolves or something. And we were just like, what, there's another fucking thing now? <laughs> like, no, we're going to bring wolves and hounds in this bullshit The scenes now? with the sci hounds are just like done, like POV trailing shots, kind of like American Werewolf in London. And I wanted one of them to go back. I shall report this. <laughs> I don't find this amusing. So they they get away from them, but then they find a backpack, and it's just sitting there. And in the backpack is Lisa's cat. It's just a dead cat. I hate it when there's dead cats and dead dogs in the movies. And especially, I hate it when you're already watching some piece of shit and they throw it in out of nowhere. I'm like, it's not just a dead cat. Fucking a. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Lisa tries to revive the cat. But she is unable to do it. She faints, and her arm kind of opens up in some wounds. And that 
is when the movie really starts explaining things. The teachers all explain that the spirit, this is this magic, they, it harms Lisa. There's some, some thing about suppressed memories. There's that- a flashback to a scene where <laughs> the movie is so fucking full of shit. This is a, one of those shot later scenes. Mrs. Carp is shaking Rose and speaking mm-hmm. to her saying, I planted these memories in your head, but you won't remember them until you need to remember that. Remember them. What a fucking cop out way for a movie to build tension (laughs) and hide a secret. So Rose spills the beans about, about everything. And the teacher, someone says, show her everything. It's like, Oh my God, everything, more, more? everything. Essentially Ms. Carp, she was a Maroi. She was a, a Maroi, and she turned Strigoi. Like she intentionally turned herself Strigoi because her she was uncomfortable in her Maroiness. There's a lot of pressure to being a Maroi. She's a trans vampire. I don't know what the fuck any of this is. It's it's bad. It's Whatever it is, fucking awful. Anyway, Rose goes researching Saint Vladimir, the namesake of the school, don't you know? With Christian's help, which causes Lisa now to be very jealous of Rose. Does that go anywhere? It doesn't. Yeah, because they planted with that Miss Carp thing that perhaps Lisa's now going to do this for a couple scenes. <laughs> then that goes away. But then they're walking together, Lisa and Rose, and suddenly the pavement just opens up, swallows her ankle, seems to just crack it, and then but it, it cuts it so fast, and then it's like, and we're out. And then it fades in, and we're in the hospital, and Rose is in the hospital. And that was the only possible horror moment in this scene is that very cgi bone break yes but she wakes up in the hospital and it turns out she is totally healed yep and better now she's not going to go crazy and be a stragoy no lisa healed her um so lisa has the healing powers um but they decide at this point we really should sequester ourselves because you know, there's a killer on the loose. For the love of God, there's a killer on the loose. Bodies are piling this up. This impromptu meeting in the emergency room of the <laughs> Vampire Academy is where they figure they're going to sequester themselves. So they're like, okay, we're going to sequester ourselves. But we find out, but what if you sequester yourself? That means you're going to miss the big Equinox dance. <laughs> the Equinox dance? What the fuck? <laughs> this, I, I know that I was not paying the most attention. <laughs> No one has talked about an Equinox dance. No one's talked about an Equinox. No one's talked about a dance. <laughs> no one's put those two together. There's not a dance Equinox. There's not an Equinox dance. Suddenly, Equinox dance is the most important thing in the world. It is all important. It's, it's so important. It's so important. Gabriel Byrne <laughs> Gabriel is the one Byrne bringing it up. Comes in and is like, ah, you can't miss the dance. <laughs> <laughs> we lasses. You can't miss it. Not the, not, not the big Equinox. Oh. Not that. Oh, t- 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 I mean, and this is like this happens in like Harry Potter and shit too. So, like you know, just a, a heads up to any any academies or schools listening. If there's a killer mm-hmm. on the loose, like literal dead bodies and like uh, you know injuries and formations, and it's like serial killer. Go ahead and cancel the dance. Can cancel the just cancel it. There's a couple equinoxes a year. We have more equinoxes, people. <laughs> this is not it. the last equinox. <laughs> and if you're a movie writer, a screenwriter, and you need to really set up that people are looking forward to the equinox dance, <laughs> just have someone say the line. Oh boy, one hot night coming up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Take a page out of the Gutenberg Bible. So Gabriel Byrne says, "Listen, go out." On a, quote, shopping expedition. Well, that's because he's Russian. 
<laughs> or Iris, who knows? So yeah, he's like, take my daughter, who apparently Natalie's his daughter. I did not know that until this scene. So it's take her out. Take her out and give her give her a good time on a shopping expedition. Oh, take her on the shopping expedition to the mall. <laughs> so they're walking through the mall. Corky, let me ask you a question. Sir. Sure. Would you describe them as fish in water? <laughs> or would you describe them as fish out of water? How would you phrase that? Seeing as how they are under several threats of death at all times. They're walking by Nonchalantly. Mrs. Fields. <laughs> Someone's bouncing one of those splat balls in the center of the aisle of the mall. It's just like, what the fuck is happening? This movie was about vampires being chased by other vampires. They're just nonchalantly walking around, but they don't fit in. What's funny is that, like, as an example of not fitting in is, like, some dude who I guess is, like, giving people massages runs up behind Rose grabs her shoulders and is like here let me get that for you is like tries to massage her like and she takes him and flips him over her shoulder because it's like whoa she doesn't know that men are supposed to just come running from behind you (laughs) to rub the shoulders of 17 year old girls like no right i mean this is a montana mall i've never been to montana i do not (laughs) know how it goes down there but i don't think that's an okay thing in any scenario vampire school or no vampire school (laughs) I'm Dan Barnes. <laughs> I think, uh, I can't remember if it was Rose or Lisa who says this. Speaking for the audience, I think she says, I can't remember who loves us or hates us. <laughs> I was like, that sums it up. That sums it up really well. Like, the movie is very self aware at this point. So they go shopping. Lisa, remember, she's royalty, for fuck's sake. She buys Rose a dress. Rose is like, yeah, that dress looks good. And she's going to buy her necklace. But they're like, whoa, that's too expensive. Don't buy the dress or don't buy the necklace. But then Rose gets the necklace as a present from Gabriel Byrne, who, again, is just a, a nice guy. Just a, ni- just no a nice ulterior motive at all. <laughs> again, it's all of the other several dozen shifty eyed weirdos who are behind this plan. Not the one obvious person i mean it was his idea for a shopping trip to this mall let's go on a shopping expedition there's a killer on the loose i'm pretty sure the killer's not going to strike right now so there you have the classic kind of slow-mo catwalk into the dance everyone's like going that's after uh she they get all dolled up and she says let's take make Let's make tonight our bitch. <laughs> Which harken me back to Transylvania at the dance, the immortal. Let's boogie, bitch. <laughs> Comrade Creeper's at the dance. Her her teacher, the yep. uh, the Russian blade teacher, is sure. at the dance. The vampire bullies are also there. I mean, it doesn't matter who any of these guys are. There's a bunch of them. It yeah. doesn't really matter. Basically, we find out. I don't know how. Why? They just explain it. All secrets are revealed. They just need to explain. Everyone in this movie has a pathological need to explain things. That's a fucking St. Vladimir's thing. I don't know what the fuck it is. But basically we find out all those threats that are left on the wall. These guys did it. Because Mia let them have sex with her. Because Lady Malfoy made them her sex slaves. That's the word used. Sex slaves. And they just did this bidding for her. And that's all it is. And then they're kind of like, well, you you killed my cat too. And she's like, no, I love cats. (laughs) So she didn't kill the cat. Yeah. She gets really offended about the (laughs) cat thing. Yeah. All I did was just like write blood on the wall. I just killed the fox. (laughs) I definitely killed the fox. 
definitely killed the fox. But I, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so Rose uh, goes and visits Dimitri in his room. They get hot. Well, she and does heavy. Kidnap. Uh, Lisa gets kidnapped. What? Lisa gets kidnapped in between those. Yeah. Lisa gets kidnapped. It doesn't really matter. She's, then, who kidnaps her? Do we see who kidnaps her? No, but that's supposed to be a secret. Who kidnaps her? Whoa. And then that that causes Rose to go to Comrade Dimitri's room. And be like... Let's... Which is so funny. This is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> How it, bad it is. The scene opens up. Dimitri, who's this very broad-chested, big-shouldered man, <laughs> is laying on his bed reading a book in his jammies. Sure. His top and just like a smoldering, sexy foreign man does. Of course, there's a fire going too, right? What's that? Oh, yeah, he has a fire going. <laughs> Playing some uh, avant-garde jazz. But they get real hot and heavy. She just can't resist. She goes nuts. He rips her dress off and burns it. And then he takes off her necklace and suddenly it's like, wow, wake up. And it turns out the necklace was charmed. What? Wait, but who gave her the necklace? My God, it was Gabriel Byrne. The one guy who seemed like he was a, a bad guy. And it turns out he's the one who kidnapped Lisa. Yep. And he tells Lisa, I need you to heal me. I need you to heal me. So it turns out basically all of the dead animals were tests for Lisa. He found out Lisa could heal because Lisa, as it turns out, suppressed memories. Lisa healed Rose. Rose should have died in the car crash. Lisa healed her. They became bonded or something at some point. So now he wants her to heal him with the spirit magic, uh, but it could kill her. But again, all the things, the, the fox, the dead cat, the, the crow, the, crow, the um, foot, all that stuff. Finally, the foot was like, oh, shit, you're bonded to Lisa. You can do it. So so he wants Lisa to make him young again. Because we can see Gabriel Byrne, uh, he's all kind of sunken eyed and he's he's made to look a very sallow and he has kinda, a lot of makeup on sick. yeah <laughs> yeah basically right <laughs> thing is though when she does and and heals him a little bit right he's wearing more makeup, more make makeup. Yes, exactly and maybe some cgi as well but she doesn't want to do it she doesn't want to do it so like we're gonna bring in this guy oh yeah he's a master of air magic He's blind too, so you can't do your thing on. He's blind, so you can't hypnotize him. And he's a master of air magic. So remember, like Christian used fire magic to burn the guy who was fucking with Lisa. At one point, Lady Malfoy uses water magic to kind of fuck with Lisa or fuck with. What's Lisa's? Lisa's is the spirit. She's a like so. It's it's like all of them together. Fucking everything, man. It's fucking baller, right? She's, yeah, the, she, <laughs> she's Avatar, the last airbender. Hey, the last if we're lucky. So, yeah. Um, so this air magic guy comes in, and you're like, what's this air magic guy going to do? Blow on her. He breathes on her he face. He blows on her. My wife at this point was like, so he just has bad breath? <laughs> <laughs> he just like, just ate a lot of cheese and fish and was like, <sighs> <laughs> but yeah, it's torture. It's torture. So after a couple of blows, and first blow, she's like, no, never. And then second blow, it's like, oh. So she decides, yeah, okay, here you go. I heal you. Gabriel Bird puts on a lot of magic to not look like an old man, or puts on a lot of makeup to not look like an old man. Um, fuck. And he looks in the mirror and he says, <laughs> he says, and I don't, I'm not making this up that he says this. He says, quote, I. This really worked out. 
That's the exact <laughs> fucking line. That's the exact it's line. It's in the delivery, It's dude. just amazing, right? So Rose and Lisa get away? I cannot figure out from my notes what happened here. So they get away, but they get cornered by these CGI hellhounds. But th- there's a hell- <laughs> There's then a, a helicopter. helicopter landing. What happens with a helicopter? A helicopter is landing, and a pilot gets out and starts running <laughs> right at Rose, or right at Lissa, right? Because yeah. she's running from the Psyhounds towards a helicopter. The uh, helicopter pilot starts. The way the shot is set up, it's it's pointed at the helicopter. The co- pilot's running at you. Rose just comes off from off screen right and just yes. jumps, kicks a guy. <laughs> like she was nowhere near this guy. Nobody saw her. He wasn't looking at her. He's looking dead at Lisa. Who is this fucking helicopter guy? Though? I don't know why he was there. <laughs> like what just was he even doing? Helicopter guy. He's just like look, and he's just like descended. <laughs> he's like this is fucking hey. She's a Maroi, but she could be corrupted to destroy. Better land and tackle her? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so these hellhounds, they they corner them, but they, they don't attack unless you give the command, right? So Gabriel Byrne gives the command. Yeah. And they're going to, oh, did I mention Christian is in the scene too? And Christian got shot. Yeah. He, <laughs> Christian he, got shot. When Rose came off screen right out of nowhere, he came off screen left out of nowhere. <laughs> and, and took a bullet. It's really everybody's just where they need to be <laughs> right just when they right need there. them. So anyway, the hounds are going to attack Lisa and Rose. They're oh, going to just rip them apart, but they jump over Christian, who suddenly masters his fire magic, yeah. burns the hounds. They're dead. But Lisa is very weak, so Rose... Gives up her neck. Lisa takes a Hold bite. On. Rose gives up her neck <laughs> and utters the immortal fucking line, power up, princess. <laughs> Quick with the one-liner. Straight out of 1993 Nintendo. Because if you remember, Bon Appetit was her opening line for which they offered it. <laughs> Dan, but anyway, so. <laughs> weird doesn't begin to describe no, these No, it really two. doesn't. So let me recap because this is uh, this is like a complicated series of things. We're okay. there. So the Hellhounds, Christian's down. He's on the ground. Hellhounds jump over Christian. Christian burns the Hellhounds, okay? Yeah. But Christian took a bullet. Yeah. He's about to die. Lisa can heal him, but she's too weak. So Lisa feeds on Rose, gets strong, heals Christian. Yeah. All right. I just want to make sure that was clear to everybody. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Now Gabriel Bird's in school prison. (laughs) There's a prison prison at the school. What? Are we giving federal dollars to this prison (laughs) school? Montana? What is going on? Oh, my God, Montana. Oh, yeah. There's something called Shadow Kiss that comes up every once in a while. She has been Shadow Kissed. That is a thing. He mentions that. And then Sarah Hyland comes in and is like, Hey, guess what? What's up, bitch? Heel I'm an turn. evil vampire, too. Yeah. Bob. <laughs> shadow kiss? Never been shadow kiss. <laughs> <Never been shadow-kissed. laughs> so they fight together. Looks like evil vampire nerd Natalie is going to prevail, but yep. then luckily a man saves Rose. Dimitri <laughs> pops in, comes in, saves her. There's and- a bloody hymen joke. Did you catch that? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh my God! This movie that looks like Wizards of Wave. Well, I guess Wizards of Wave Place did have a bloody hymen episode. Hey, <laughs> when they went to that bloody hymen retreat. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Me neither. But what's also interesting is that I mean I don't remember if there's any reaction shot, but basically, so Gabriel Burns in prison. Remember? Yeah. He has his daughter come in to save him, 
and she gets killed. She dies basically in front of him. I don't think he ever has any reaction to that. I don't think they ever even show it. I don't it. think so either. Yeah, he gets it's knocked just out dead or and everything's fine. So now we are at another one of the Queen's receptions. And the I wrote, Queen's just back on stage. I wrote, how are there 15 minutes still left <laughs> in this goddamn movie? The Queen is on stage bringing up Lisa and she's ready to just shit all over Lisa again. Like again? <laughs> like she just fuck? has it penciled it on calendar. <laughs> she's just like shit. Mock girl surviving her whole family dead. <laughs> Take a dump on kidnapped girl. <laughs> fuck worst queen ever <laughs> but yeah she's ready to diss lisa again but lisa's like Boop, bitch shut it down shut it down <laughs> my name's lisa dragomir bitch <laughs> about to get dragged and she gives an anti-bullying speech be best <laughs> what it's the students all of them bullies all of them have been bullying non-stop cheer <laughs> they are good now everything's fine now uh, Dimitri and Rose have another meeting. They decide let's not bone now, mm-hmm. but let's leave the door open to bone later. Let's just carry this whole bone thing into the inevitable sequel. Handies and suck offs don't count. <laughs> uh, finally, a bird just flies in. Where did this bird come from? There's just a bird now. And then it flies out and we follow the bird because this bird's really important now. But it takes us to a cave. Again, we pull out. The school is just in the middle of nowhere on the Montana Plains. We flip around, and now there's a cave, like, miles away overlooking it. And there's Ms. Carp, Claire mm. Foy, the Maroi turned Strigoi. She's looking down on the school, and she says, soon. <laughs> Not soon enough, baby. And we swoosh into the ca- uh, cave, and we see like thousands of Strigoi, and they're just ready to go balls deep on this vampire camera. Right. And that's the end. Bam! What a twist, and we never got the sequel. Oh, so, ch- well, not yet. That's how I like to think of it, Dan. You're not playing the long game. Yet. <laughs> I'm washing cars. Corky. Yeah. Any final thoughts on Vampire Academy before we cast it to the land of wind and shadows? I want to thank matt for the dare because this is exactly the kind of movie we should be watching thank you matt especially for scare daniel oh boy i my final thoughts are that it's it's like ultraviolet you could probably do a whole nother episode and touch on all things we haven't touched on because there's so much information dumping happening there's so much and and there's too much to keep up with there's so much bad in every scene yeah between acting set writing script uh, uh, plot, you know, that kind of stuff that you can't touch on all of oh, it. No, it's it's so ridiculously dense and so nothing at the same time. Dense. That's the word. So let's wrap it up and let's give our ratings. We give a dare to your run of the mill, bad movie, double dare to the next level bad movie and a reverse dare for a film that we actually like Corky rating for vampire Academy. I'm going a strict double dare on this one. This Doubling was, down. this was loathsome, a uh, hard to sit through. I was so uninterested and bored in this movie. I, uh, it, this was a bad watch. Yeah. I haven't had one like this in a while. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Really nothing to recommend except Zoe Deutsch is cute. I guess that's why I couldn't I have fun. Like I, I there's no fun. way to have fun. Yeah. It's impossible. Like right and again I feel like I've I've seen enough movies. I can I can usually tell pretty quickly if a movie is going to be just 
bad. Like, yeah. If it's just bad, like this person doesn't know how to make a movie. But usually it'll take, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, 20. Sure. You know, you get into it and they're like, eh, you know what? This is bad. F- opening moments. Opening <laughs> opening sounds, opening images. Everything was wrong from the very beginning. Double, double dare all the friggin' way. So that's all we have for you on this episode of Scared Daniel. Thank you again to Matt for the dare. But we'll be back next week to review another one of your movie scares. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. Like and rate us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Player FM or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can read more of my movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website at daredaniel.com. Corky. Yeah. You're a comedian, you're out there, you're doing your thing. Do you perform to all audiences? Just Maroy, just Strigoy, just Dampier, no. Maroy, Dampier, mixed audiences? How do you feel about Daniel, that whole I'm thing? I'm so glad you asked this. You're edgy, you're out there on the edge. I'm performing this A lot this of people week. call you the clown prince of comedy. That's going to be awful in editing, so <laughs> just give it to me again. A lot of people call you the clown prince of comedy. Daniel, I appreciate you asking this because all week I'll be performing at the Vampire Mall in Montana. Certainly. It's at a Forever 21, which is only for people who were turned into vampires. You'll be running up behind teenage girls and just rubbing their shoulders really quickly. Hey, let me get this for you. Uh, There's a Blood Orange Julius (laughs) I'll be doing some stuff at. Um, No, actually, just catch me at the Sacramento Comedy Spot. Be having fun on Friday, Saturday nights. Come on down. Take some classes. That sounds fantastic. Let's all go out and do that. (laughs) the last thing you said whatever the last thing you said was whatever Corky said do it (laughs) I'm serious not playing around for Dare Daniel I'm Daniel Burns our producer is Johnny Flores he's a strung out Strigoi don't you know and I'm Corky McDonald saying wow this place brings back memories (laughs) 